You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Caps here with another episode of the Double Switch. Um, we have been MIA for quite a while, had some transitions here at the dot com. Uh, yours truly is now the captain as Mr. Pete Rogers has moved on. You can follow Pete and all his new shenanigans over at Nerdball FF. Find him on Twitter. Pete does awesome work. Um, they're still, uh, very good friends of fake teams. So, uh, in the interim, we've also, uh, bid adieu to Jonathan Butler for now, um, who used to be your host here. Uh, you can still follow him on Twitter at dad socks, uh, still puts out quite a bit of baseball content, just not doing the pod anymore. So what I'm doing today is basically testing the waters here, um, we, yeah, yours truly is still learning the ropes with podcast. And to be honest, it's not really my medium. What I really enjoy is uh, writing and researching and editing, believe it or not. Um, so not really my jam, but I need to make sure I know how this thing works. And in the future, we might have a uh, silkier, smoother voice coming to you instead of mine. Or in addition to mine. So anyway, I'm going to cover a few newsy things and then jump into tonight's DFS slate. Um, really going to be pulling from the article that I put up this morning. And we put out that content seven days a week. It's either myself or Skylar Carlin, who we just brought on here at the website. Skylar's doing an awesome job. He writes everywhere. Uh, here, Fantasy Pros, um, multiple other places. But for us, he, uh, he'll he post his first look early in the morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then uh, yours truly chimes in Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it's been a good setup. Um, you know, not talking 55 billion words, but just something that comes out early that gets you started on research. Most of you are like me. You probably don't look in any one place. Uh, most people pull from multiple places for, uh, you know, research throughout the day. So we're just trying to add to the discourse since he and I are both uh, pretty regular players. So there you have that. Um, I wanted to mention uh, MLB DFS Wars, which has been going on now for about eight weeks. We are Two weeks away from finishing the first round. Sounds like we might do another round of competition after the all-star break. So if you are a tout in any form, uh, could be you uh, do epic Twitter threads, could be you put ranks up at Fantasy Pros, could be you just talk about Daily Fantasy a lot. 
could be you write podcasts, whatever. Um, the criteria is pretty loose. As long as you're adding to the community, um, you can hop in and play. And we basically, we go for 10 weeks. Everybody puts up a hundred bucks. We take 10% off the top and we pick a charity to, uh, you know, to support. Um, for this first round, we chose Lost Boys Inc. out of Chicago. Um, they work and serve uh, basically youth in Chicago. Um, I think that's a charity that Alex Fast shared. That's where I found that. I read their mission statement and thought it was uh, really quite good and definitely supports uh, what I feel is important for baseball um, to become more diverse uh, and a lot less of these uh, unspoken old white men, which is the best way I can say it. So uh, really happy to support that. That group uh, will be uh, putting our, uh, you know, our support out uh, after league safe uh, gets our funds out. So that'll come probably towards the end of the season. We'll be able to support them and another charity of our choosing when we do our second round after the all-star break. So if you're a DFSer, you put out some content and you are interested in playing with a really uh, awesome, uh, really savvy group of guys. Um, it's been really fun. There's been a lot of uh, information shared in the, uh, Twitter chat that we have, uh, just people helping people, sharing strategy, uh, not necessarily for specific slates, but lots of really good strategy shared about contest selection, um, you know, and just general strategy that's really helped me out. That's been a silver lining that I was not expecting. So uh, shout out to Seth Klein and Jamie Calandro, who are in the top two spots through eight weeks. You can find them at Seth the sportsman on twitter and jac3600 on twitter um both those guys have been uh putting in some really strong efforts and uh put out really good content so give them a follow uh, i am mired in like the seventh place out of 20 people um i kind of suffer from consistent mediocrity so we'll see maybe here in the last two weeks i can make some noise um and we're gonna run it back after the all-star break so if you're down with that let me know um, you can find me on Twitter at HeathCaps uh, or at Fake Teams or at Real DFS Wars, any of those three places. So uh, here we go with newsy things. Uh, Trevor Bauer, you know, two things to say with the information that we've been given so far. Number one, uh, due process exists for a reason that's very important to me, um, you know, just from a legal and practical perspective and honest to goodness from a personal one. Uh, if you've ever been accused how important due process is, um, I haven't really been accused of some things, uh, but, you know, anybody who works in the public arena, you know, at some point you're going to come into contact with 100% um, not absolving Trevor Bauer. And uh, the second point will prove that, but um, due process has to exist to protect people from, you know, just completely false allegations. And um, so that's one point. Second point is, um, if you're contending that like, Hey, you know, somebody said they wanted, you know, what rough, um, I'm trying to keep this PG, um, you know, just because somebody says you can do X, Y, and Z, um, one doesn't mean you should Two, just because there's, you know, consent for one thing doesn't mean that, you know, you're then allowed to, you know, have a free pass to do whatever in the heck you decide to do. Um, you know, I get that that's a, you know, people probably had really strong opinions about what's okay and what's not okay in that arena. But, you know, just because you have 
consent for one time or one certain thing doesn't mean you have consent for every time or additional things that are also equally, you know, as disturbing uh, as the first thing. So I know that's kind of cryptic. Trying to keep it PG, um, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a friggin' mess. And it looks like the Mets really dodged a bullet by not, you know, Landon Bauer. So uh, anyway, it just sounds disgusting. And uh, it's about all I have to say about it. I'd like to move on now. Um, sticky stuff in the MLB. Uh, can't describe to you how tired I am of hearing about Major League Baseball drama. Um, you know, I agree with, uh, I believe it was Glasnow who said, you know, give us something consistent. You know, the balls aren't consistent. Certainly makes sense to me as a hitter that I would want the pitcher to be able to have a grip on a baseball, especially if it's somebody flinging a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, you know, there's got to be something developed that's consistent. I have never been a baseball pitcher before. Uh, I, you know, was a field player. Uh, never once had to throw outside of in practice. So, you know, I just – I honestly never thought about sticky stuff and, like, pitchers being able to – have a grip on the ball and how important that is, especially if balls are not consistent, which we all know from playing fantasy baseball that the balls are not consistent. Um, so, you know, long-term, hopefully there's, you know, either acceptable substances people can use or something that baseball develops that's uniform uh, to kind of level the playing field. Um, that seems to really be the only kind of solution there is, you know, until then, I think you're just going to hear a bunch of, you know, people being upset, you know, and some people rightfully so. If you didn't hear what uh, Glasnow had to say after he got injured, I think that you should go and search for it. It was pretty powerful stuff. And honestly, like to me, sounds really honest, like doesn't sound like a guy that's trying to cheat or get an edge. Just sounds like a guy that's trying to get a grip. Like when somebody can emphatically tell you, um, yo, I don't need to use this stuff because my hands are gigantic. You know, I just, all I got to do is get a grip. Like I don't have to use crazy stuff to get more spin. I already have a ton of spin. Um, you know, I think we should listen. So anyway, those are my thoughts on kind of the two big news items. And we're going to hop into today's slate. Um, again, I'm basically going to pull straight from the article. You can find it uh, on uh, faketeams.com and you can find something there every morning. Typically around eight or nine o'clock in the morning is the latest. We try to get those out as soon as we can. So um, first up, some injuries yesterday. Uh, Jose Ramirez missed, I think, game two. Um, he took a swing and the ball popped up and hit him right in the jaw. It's pretty, pretty painful looking stuff. Uh, I actually tweeted out like, hey, I know he stayed in the game when he got hit, but wouldn't surprise me if he's really feeling that thing and misses a game. So definitely something to watch to see if his bat is in the lineup tonight. Uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. Um, have, having some back issues um, is another big name to watch, though I think he is expected to play tonight. And uh, Yoan Moncada for the White Sox left with a hand injury. He's already been ruled out for the weekend, so that'll shuffle up the White Sox a little bit. So just some, some ones to pay attention to. Um, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo for the Cubs. I think they miss both miss Wednesday's game and both are expected back today. But if we have some surprise inactives, maybe that, you know, pushes you one way or the other with a starting pitcher. Um, so there you go. Those are some big names from yesterday and earlier in the week. Um, pitching wise, one name that stuck out to me is Alex Wood, uh, going up against Arizona in Arizona tonight. Um, 
there's about four ace type names people are going to pay up for if they decide to pay up in Scherzer. Lance Lynn, Lance McCullers, and Julio Urias, I believe is how you say his name, the lefty for the Dodgers. Um, you could push that number up to five if you include Pablo Lopez. I do not include him as he is going into Atlanta, and that is not a team that I try to uh, target with my pitcher. So anyway, about four names up top, and then really got to drop down, I think, to right around where Alex Wood is, 8,500. Um Casey Mize up there at 9K going up against the White Sox, who have been ice cold for a long time, but recently seemed to be coming out of it yesterday, you know, had a little barrage offensively. Um, Mize has kind of been like mostly good in his starts, but then always allows like the one home run kind of thing that just kind of, you know, takes you away from what would have been like a really useful turn and then turns it into like, you know, bad taste in your mouth you know, meh kind of thing. So not really into him against the White Sox. Um, Zach Gallen, you know, in Arizona in the same game as Alex Wood, his pitch counts have been, you know, lower than what we expect. He's really being managed coming off the shoulder injury. So, you know, on top of that, you know, the Giants are platoon happy, so it kind of sucks for DFS. But, like, power-wise, they've been extremely good this year. Um, so I don't love the matchup, plus he's being managed. Um, you know, because I do like his price point. So um, that kind of leads me to Wood, who's right there in the middle. I like him in the middle because Kyle Gibson is cheaper and going up against Seattle, that should be a really popular play. Um, I think he's right around 7,800. Yep. Um, so going up to Wood at 85, I'm kind of hoping is going to be sneaky. I think he's kind of a boring play, you know, maybe like a cash game play for some people. I don't do cash games, but I am into like a decent bit of safety at starting pitcher, given how tough it is to find reliable pitching this year. It's it's a spot that I'm fine being kind of chalky. Um, I don't know that I want to do that with Gibson. Um, for a few reasons, Wood is certainly backed by the better offense if you're comparing the Dodgers to uh, to the Rangers, you know, despite – Joey Gallo being red hot right now. I'd still rather have the pitcher going for the Dodgers. Also, as far as implied run totals go, Wood again has the better matchup than Gibson. The Mariners are implied at four. Um, you know, D-backs right now are at, you know, 3.83 is what I saw when I looked this morning. Uh, also, keep saying also, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, the last start Wood had against Arizona, he was coming off of a really rough stretch. He had allowed 15 runs over 15 innings until he had a get-right spot against the D-backs. That was back on June 14th. Uh, went six innings, allowed two runs, four hits, struck out seven batters. The only damage was Carson Kelly, who had three hits in that game. I want to say a double and a home run. Well, since then, Kelly is now on the injured list, and Cattell Marte is also on the injured list. So it's a Diamondbacks team that is certainly weaker than what it has been. And while they don't strike out a lot, if you take out Kelly and Marte and you add in guys like Dalton Varsho or Andy Young, that that strikeout is certainly going to go up. So, you know, really like Wood. Um, I just I just think he's kind of a safe bet. I think he could go six innings, get you five to seven strikeouts, have a really good chance at a win, and uh, just kind of get you away from plays that maybe – 
look like they have higher, higher upside in uh, Gallon uh, or Gibson where people think they can save some money. So I do like Gibson. I'm probably going to have some lineups with Gibson and with Alex Wood. Um, but just off the cuff, I really like uh, I really like Alex Wood in the middle. So if you don't and you know something I don't, please, uh, please let um, All right. One of the one play I don't like today, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, the lefty, uh, kind of uh, embattled or Jekyll and Hyde if you starter for the Boston Red Sox. Really good comeback story this year, um, you know, after uh, his struggles in 2020. Uh, however, results have just not been there. ERA is sky high, uh, despite the solid peripherals, uh, 3.58 FIP, 3.38 XFIP. Uh, he's striking out lots of guys, not, you know, not issuing tons of walks, but has uh, three quality starts in 15 games, only four 20 point, 20 DK point games uh, all year out of 15. So his price point's pretty low at 7,400, but I think it's pretty well earned based on his results. The athletics are a little sneaky against lefties. Matt Olson has been crushing lefties. Um, and then you got Matt Chapman and Ramon Laureano. All three of those guys have ISOs over 200. Add in Chad Pender, who's kind of a lefty basher, uh, 182 ISO, you know, against lefties. And then uh, Sean Murphy, who had a slow start to the year, but he's sitting on around a 155 ISO against lefties. Uh, I think that's probably going to come up a little bit as the year goes on. It's just not a great matchup for Erod. Right-handers are slashing 300, 341, 494 against him. Um, and then 10 out of the 12 home runs he's allowed have come to right-handed bats. So you got, you got Chapman, Laureano, Pender, and Murphy, who can all do damage from the right side. And you got Matt Olson, who's been slaying it in the lefty versus lefty split. So don't love it for Erod. I kind of feel like that's fool's gold at 7,400. That's definitely a guy I'm looking to avoid. Hitting-wise, uh, Houston Astros against the lefty for Cleveland. Sam, don't know how to say his last name. Hint Jez, something like that. Um, I did some early research on Astro, not Astros, but on the lefty versus lefty split. Uh, I kind of combined 2020 with the first month or so of 2021. Uh, the Astros are definitely a team that pop up. Um, some left-handed hitters that have good numbers against lefty pitchers. Uh, Michael Brantley comes to mind. He homered yesterday. Kyle Tucker has really solid power numbers, you know, over that stretch. I think it was almost a 200 ISO. It was over 190. Um, he just had really poor uh, batting average on balls in play, um, but doesn't strike out a lot, has a lot of at-bats. Um, definitely a guy I think that numbers-wise, you know, you can definitely consider. Both those guys are cheap. Um, I think uh, right around 41 for Brantley and then under 4K for Kyle Tucker. Um Add in Jordan Alvarez, who's also a lefty and does really well against lefties. I'm hoping that's kind of a sneaky place to be. There are uh, multiple good offenses on this slate. It's a 14-game slate. There's a Coors Field game. Um, You know, I'm hoping that ownership, especially in the lefty versus lefty matchup for Houston, is not too crazy. Um, And then I can add in whatever righty Houston bat just kind of fits my lineup and, and go from there. So really like left-handed Houston bats against the lefty. Um, one play I was kind of down on, Minnesota Twins. It's a really big run total for a Kansas City game. 
I think it was 10 this morning when I looked. So I'm thinking that might be a place people go to try to find some value or some one-offs. Um, I'm just saying maybe don't stack against Brady Singer. I don't think he's a gas can. Um, he's actually been much better at home than he has been on the road. Um, let's see. Implied run total for Minnesota was five. So definitely think some people might go there. But Singer, he's allowed eight home runs this year. Six of those are two left-handed bats. Uh, and the scarier Minnesota bats are both right-handed. We're talking Nelson Cruz and Josh Donaldson. So he's kind of got the little edge there. On top of that, at home, he's only allowed one home run all year. The other seven have come on the road. This game is at home. Um, and then just numbers-wise, like he's got a 4.20 ERA at home. And with a, a 2.86 FIP on the road, it balloons to a 5.25 ERA with a 5.22 FIP. So definitely has been better at home. He's also a guy I was just kind of prowling around the baseball savant leaderboards the other day. Um, he ranks really well as far as like, you know, not allowing a ton of hard contact um, on fly balls and line drives, 92.4 mile per hour, um, you know, on average, which is the 26th best mark in the league. And then uh, just on average, on exit velocity in general, average ex exit velocity, 87.2 miles per hour, which is essentially it's a top 15 mark. He's He's tied for 14th best. So, you know, not – Crazy hard contact overall and on fly balls and line drives, basically top 25 in both areas. And he's been better at home. You know, I just, you know, maybe you go one off with Donaldson or uh, Cruz, but I'm just trying to uh, avoid that one. I think in Kansas City, I think there are better spots to pay up for. So uh, value plays, uh, Michael Conforto hits lefties pretty well. He's only 3,100 today. I already mentioned lefty Houston Astros, right-handed St. Louis Cardinals bats, uh, reverse splits, uh, Tyler O'Neill, 4,100, and Paul DeYoung right at 3,400. Both those guys are cheap at Coors Field going up against Chi-Chi Gonzalez, who has shown reverse splits. He's a righty pitcher. Um, so I like, I like loading up on right-handed uh, Cardinal bats because Paul Goldschmidt's not expensive. Um, he's heating up over his last two games. Um, you can get DeYoung and O'Neill and, Gold, and Goldschmidt. And then, you know, your big bat you're having to pay up for, obviously, is Arenado, who was quiet yesterday. And the Cardinals only scored two runs. So hopefully they're a little depressed today. I really enjoy right-handed Cardinals bats against Chi-Chi Gonzalez today. A um, couple of other values. David Fletcher might lead off against a lefty. Angels have a solid implied run total against uh, Keegan Aiken of the Orioles. They're at home, uh, only 3,200 for Fletcher. I think that's really solid. Uh, also, Chad Pender for the Athletics uh, coming in under 3K. I think he was right at 2,900. That's another really solid play. In my opinion, if you're looking there, I uh, wouldn't go crazy on Pender. I do think he's at risk for uh, maybe being pinch hit for late in the game. Uh, since he does uh, basically specialize against lefties, but uh, can't really speak to that. Pender's not a guy I've played a ton this year. Uh, I do know he excels against lefties, though, and he's cheap, so I think you can take a shot. Um, forgot to mention on Conforto, I wouldn't go crazy with him. To me, that's like a larger field, you know, a deeper field GPP play. Uh, Jordan Montgomery has been really good against lefty bats this year. Uh, 
you know, I do think that Conforto makes sense as a lefty because he's cheap and because he has hit lefties well. And because he's in Yankee Stadium, he could catch a couple of at-bats against a righty pitcher later in the game. So I do like Conforto at his price point. Um, I guess I'll say to wrap it up overall, like I'm really loving uh, really loving Tyler O'Neill. I think he's one of my favorite plays tonight. Big, strong guy in Coors Field, um, righty versus righty guy. 14 out of his 15 home runs have been against right-handed pitching. Chi-Chi Gonzalez has not been good, and he's showing righty versus righty, you know, reverse splits. So really like Tyler O'Neill. feel like he's kind of sneaky. Price point isn't crazy. Um, you know, and as far as pitching goes, really liking Alex Wood. So those are some of my thoughts tonight. I'm going to see if I can get this up and get it out. If anybody has questions or comments or wants to tell me how bad my thoughts are, you can find me on Twitter at HeatCaps. Make sure you go follow at Real DFS Wars and at Fake Teams and uh, hit us up at Fake Teams with any of your fantasy baseball questions. Uh, we also do quite a bit with NBA, NFL, golf, NASCAR, whatever you're looking for. I think we have it. So hit us up. Hope everybody's doing well on this Friday. Bye.